the biggest draft weekend in fantasy baseball history or something like that. It is the biggest draft weekend of the season, so we will get you ready. We're just going to go at fantasypros.com, look at their average draft position and go through it and decide what's good and what's bad. You can also see specific format ADP on our website on, on cbsports.com slash fantasy. But I am Adam with Heath and Scott. No Chris today, unfortunately. Good morning, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Kokomo Friday. Oh, we play Kokomo on Fridays? We play a long Kokomo's. time since I've listened to a Friday show. Kokomo I listen Friday. to every Friday show and every other show because I want to see what we're doing and see how we can get better. We can get better by doing more syllable talk. If you missed it, the end, the final two and a half minutes of yesterday's show were just gold. Uh, Scott thinks that the word junior is three syllables and people, a lot of people think that fire is one syllable. I don't really get it. We're going to play a syllable game later today, so get excited, but. Um, I right, a quick note. We're going to be starting the show earlier, beginning some point next week, maybe like Wednesday, and you'll be getting the podcast a little bit earlier in the day, hopefully around 10.30 a.m. or 11 a.m., earlier than 11 a.m. Eastern. So look forward to that. And, of course, email us at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, like David W. did. David W. has our email of the day, and he says, Dear Pat, Ron, J.D., and Len. And I don't know who they are. I don't either. Like, you, like JD seems like a very modern modern name, but the other three are like throwbacks, you know. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll have to uh, go, put that on the Google. I'm listening to the March 22nd show, yesterday's show. Sounds like I did Scott's experimental strategy in my actual draft. I play in a 10 team head to head points league. I took Clayton Kershaw with the third pick of the first round. However, I grabbed Anthony Rizzo and Jose Ramirez as my second and third round picks because the pitchers were flying off the board. Now, this was, of course, got a 10-team league, not a 12-team league, but yep. still, he did get Rizzo and then Jose Ramirez, which would have been, what, 23rd overall. Um, you took him, I think, 21st overall. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe second. Uh, so, yeah, I think, like, just even though this is a 10-team league, the fact that pitchers were flying off the board does go to show you, if you expect, in a points league, 10 or 12 teams— Pitchers to be going very, very early. And mm. you take Kershaw with the third overall pick, you could probably end up with two pretty damn good hitters. Yeah, no, it makes a big difference, 10 versus 12. And I, I've always said the shallower league, the more you sell out for the scarcities and because it's it's harder to find an advantage anywhere. And so I think it, I think it makes sense in this format. Look, I mean, Rizzo in this format, head-to-head points, is a first-round caliber bat. Jose Ramirez, if he is who he was last year, is a first-round caliber bat. And yeah. then you got Kershaw on top of it. So I can't complain about the way this turned out for old David W. David W., thank you for the email. And he says, by the way, a quesadilla is absolutely not a sandwich. And he is 100% right about that. Email of the day number two goes from is from Jason. Dear Dante, Vinny, Andres, and Larry. Okay, those are Rockies. I still have to look Lake up. Street Bombers, specifically. Yeah, okay, there you go. Uh, I'm building a 5x5 Roto team constructed of only the most handsome players this year. <laughs> and my draft is in a few days. Clearly, I'm considering taking Harper, Thor, and Stanton with my first few picks. I'm curious to hear your sleeper breakout and bust for Team Handsome. Uh, definitely not going to give any busts for Team Handsome. I think a sleeper would be Cole Hamels. You can get him pretty late. I had a friend who had a crush on Cole Hamels. He's in a hair commercial. So maybe put him on your roster. I think most baseball players are handsome. <laughs> so, you know, they're professional athletes. Clip that. That's what, that's a highlight right there. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right? They're in good shape. They're better guys. looking than me. Most of them. They're now, better looking than all of us. We didn't want to get into the bus, but you know. Exactly, exactly. You know. You Jason, know I like your creativity. I like the idea. All right, Heath, let's go through the news news and notes. Jeff Samarja expected to start the season on the DL with shoulder soreness. I already won the battle against Chris Towers. How about that? I'm still working on the uh, Pat, Ron, JD, and Lynn. Sorry. <laughs> I was wondering why you were so quiet. Yeah, I uh, I think it may have something to do with, like, number one picks that didn't actually play. 
maybe Lynn Bias and J.D. Drew and there Pat was Burl? Pat Burl, maybe. I don't know who Ron would be, but hmm. that's my uh, that's my guess right now. So I'm sorry, Jeff Samarja. Yes, this is bad. I still think he's worth a late round pick. It's still a little bit fuzzy as to how serious this is, um, but not good at all. Could they be Phillies selected first overall? JD Marti- uh, JD Drew, I think, was selected by the Phillies the year he did. Burrow played for the Phillies, obviously, but he was selected first overall. Anyway, it's not important. Oh, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Uh, yeah, so Samarja, look, he has shoulder soreness. It's maybe it's the minimum. We don't know. Um, how, how many rounds would you knock Samarja down in your drafts? In your drafts? Oh, quite a ways. Really. Um, I, I was much higher on him than Scott was in the first place, though, I think. So that's, I'm gonna knock him down below where Scott was, but. Well, wait, wait a second. Time. Didn't they get reclassified from a shoulder injury to a strained pectoral muscle? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so. Yeah, yes, you're right. Sorry. Which, um, you know, there's a good chance just, he'll shut it down for 10 days, I think was the last I saw. Um, and they'll probably need to work back up after then. So there's a good chance he missed most of April. I think it's a similar timetable to like Irvin Santana, so that's where I'm about. That's where I'm dropping some margin. And Santana's not making progress. Like May 1st seems like a an absolute pipe dream right now for Urban Santana. Okay. If they were both healthy to start the season, who would you prefer, Samarja or Santana? Samarja well, by a mile. I want to say by a mile, but yeah, I'd prefer Samarja. Okay. Uh Steven Souza will start the season on the DL with a also pectoral or maybe wait. Did I just screw it up? Does he also have a pectoral strain? Yeah, they both have pectoral okay. strains. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my subheader in today's spring takeaways piece is going to be what the peck. You know what? I meant to do a segment on that. I meant to do a segment on rating all of Scott's subheaders because you are very <laughs> creative. Uh, you love the puns. Like, let's just all right. Let's do this now. Impromptu. Okay. Impromptu. Give, give me your. I don't last... know that some of my best ones have been recently, but all right. All right. You know what? Why don't you? We'll do the news and notes. You find me an article that you think has some of your better subheaders, and we will rate them on the show. Okay. Uh, so look, we All talked right. about Souza yesterday, but Chris Owings and Gerard Dyson will get more playing time. Dyson's a gr- uh, you know very good steal source when he plays. Owings actually is like a twenty steals guy too. Um, so I don't know, it's not that exciting, but but it, it is what it is. Michael Conforto's going to DH today. He continues to make progress. When are you drafting Michael Conforto? And I'll tell you, his I'll be ADP boy today. Yeah, tell me that because I want to make sure I say earlier than that because I very much want Michael Conforto now. Third round, he's going in the third round. Yeah, uh, he's going 193rd overall. Hmm. That, uh, yeah, I, I could I could take him earlier than that. Sure, a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm look. He had two home runs in a minor league game. He's he's going to play a grapefruit league game today, like I think Adam said. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I think the most and I didn't have the rosiest outlook for him at all. I was looking at this track record. We only know pitchers who've suffered this injury, but they were all ruined thereafter. So I didn't, it's hard to know what to expect from a hitter. Um, but he looks healthy and he's rehabilitating faster than I think even more optimistic projections said. So mid April seems possible now, in which case you're going to get five and a half months from what was one of the biggest breakout hitters last year. Yeah, I'll invest a late round pick in that. I think the good question here, right, is let, let's say there were no injury concerns with Michael Conforto. He were healthy in spring training and he was starting. When would you draft Conforto? If he was healthy, if he was fully healthy, this never happened, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, like how good, um, how good he would, would he be? He would be probably, he would be between my 15th and 20th outfielder probably. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I would definitely right. be lower on him than that. I would probably have him somewhere in the, 25 to 30 range. 27 home runs in 109 games last year. Not a steals guy. Pretty good plate discipline. About one walk for every two strikeouts. And did fine against lefties. I mean, he only batted 212, but he had a 444 slugging. Uh, he has a career 578 OPS against lefties, but showed improvement last year. All right, so that's Conforto. Wherever you get him, it's probably going to be a value. Um, but... I don't know. Maybe start looking 150th overall or so. You can start considering him. Is that fair? Yeah, a little later. Oh, guess what I'm about to do, Heath. Check out the editorial league. I am selecting Mr. Ian Hap, 130th wow. overall. Right in front of me. Yeah, you were gonna that take him. That is rude. Right, I knew it. All that, right, you are a rude dude, Pumped. Adam. Pumped I, about I've it. got a lot of exposure. 
to him. So I, I am perfectly fine with you being in on the party as well. Good stuff. Welcome to the party. Yeah, just you are generous. Very generous. Just read an article this morning. Joe Madden happy with his approach. He's laying off some tough pitches. Ian Happ, not Joe Madden. Uh, it is not confirmed that he is going to be the everyday leadoff hitter, but he will lead off a good amount. And if he's good enough, he will be the everyday leadoff hitter, it seems. Um, all right, Nelson Cruz is back in the Seattle lineup. Three starting pitchers had terrible starts yesterday. Do they matter? Charlie Morton, Tanner Roark, Mike Miner. I'm most worried about Miner. This is not a minor concern that he really has not been an effective starting pitcher for, what, four years? Yeah, I think minor concerns one of the subheaders in the yes. spring of today. <laughs> uh, I, no, I think I went minor issue, actually. Like but, He's had one good year as a starting pitcher, and it was 2013. Yeah, but, you know, he was hurt after that, and he was building up to that. Like, I, I've been the high guy on minor, and, and by high guy, I mean I'm willing to invest a late-round pick in him when I usually goes undrafted. Um it is worth noting on St. Patrick's Day, he pitched a minor league game, struck out 11 in five innings. So, like, there's something there, clearly. Well. Only one good Cactus League start. But um, I I think we're usually excited when the stud reliever tries his hand at starting. We're usually excited at the potential that presents. And I feel like that potential, that excitement is somehow missing for minor, even though he's been successful as a starter in the past. So you'd think it'd be... Yeah, I, th- I that think would help. I, I think the problem for me is that he's thrown what 700 innings in his career. One of those seasons was really good as a reliever. One of those seasons was really good as a starter. The but rest, it was a build-up to that. Like that was, like can, he was a high end prospect way, yes. who showed some promise, kept getting a little better, and then had this big breakout. But it season. was five years ago. It was, yeah. He's thrown He's seven, had a lot of shoulder injuries. 77 innings in the last three and a half And years. I think his secondary arsenal is a little different from that. Then he had to change it because of the shoulder stuff. But obviously it worked for him in relief last year. I think the thing is, like, the Rangers don't have anybody they like as a closer. They want they want Alex Claudio in a flex role. They, they don't think Keone Kella is durable enough for it. Mike Miner transition to the closer role for the Royals down the stretch last season. If this starting thing doesn't work out for him, I don't know why he doesn't become the front runner for saves. They're paying him a lot, so <laughs> it makes sense. All right, Yoenna Cespedes homer twice and doubled against the Nationals. Part of that was against Tanner Roark. The Cardinals may open the season without a set closer. So, what is, you know, what's your quick take on that? It doesn't sound like it's, you know, we're going to mix and match based on matchups. It's just we haven't figured out we haven't figured it out yet. And you can understand. I mean, Gregerson's been hurt most of the spring. The general consensus among Cardinals beat writers seems to be it's probably going to be Gregerson. But Cardinals are leaving the door open for some maneuverability there. Dominic Leone, somebody they seem to like a lot. Uh, so he would be, like, I think in those leagues where several middle relievers get drafted, Leone needs to be one of the highest ones. And but I'm still targeting Gregerson. Does Kirby Yates have a chance to close for San Diego? Something was going on in Scott's Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Andy Andy Green, the Padres manager, kind of threw us a curveball yesterday by saying Brad Hand isn't somebody he's necessarily saving for the ninth inning. Now that sounds like that sounds like a, what you hear from a lot of managers these days, where we want our best reliever in the highest leverage situation, which. A high, often, oftentimes a high leverage situation doesn't present itself until the ninth inning. So I think it's going to be a situation where he's still clearly the team leader in saves. But Kirby Yates is going to get some saves too, it sounds like, because on those days, hands, um, pitches the eighth. Green singled Yates out as a potential ninth inning guy. So he will get some saves too. He matters in, in leagues where non-closers matter. Does he though? Because like he's not that good. He had a great strikeout rate, fourteen well, K. He did nine. have a great strikeout that's rate. It. Yeah, that's it. He's had a really bad career. Four seventy eight career ERA was terrible in two thousand fifteen. Was terrible in two thousand sixteen. The only thing he did well last year was get strikeouts. He had a one point one zero WHIP, which really, I mean, if you're going to stream a non saves guy, you want a, be- a much better WHIP than that. So it's just, you're, I mean, maybe you're hoping that with fourteen Ks per nine, that there's something there. With Kirby Yates that he can have a yeah. breakout year. The, the way I remember it is, and, and I'm pulling up the stats now. Um, yeah, first half he had a 248 ERA, and September he had a 180 ERA. It was just a ridiculously bad August, oh. which kind of like you know it, it 
we're giving Greg Holland a pass for that, and I understand Greg Holland has a firm right. track record, but Greg Holland also is, you know, we're talking about nothing cost right. here for Yates. We're also yeah, we're pretty much talking about nothing. Bryce Harper could bat lead off apparently. Do you guys buy that? Not at all. Yeah, that's stupid. Don't bat him lead off. That would really piss me off as an out of beaten owner. All right, listen, I told you all about the draft app yesterday. I'm going to tell you again today. The draft app is daily fantasy baseball, not like the salary cap sites. Draft takes two of your favorite things in the whole wide world and lets you do them every single day. That would be fantasy baseball and snake drafts. We love snake drafts. Now, if you use our promo code FB today, you can get into a real money draft for free on draft. Promo code is FB today. Tell you more about that. But listen, you enter a contest on the draft app or draft.com. You do a snake draft. You can do a two team contest, a 10 team contest, whatever you prefer. Uh, you know, a two to 10 up to that. The drafts are quick. They're fun. You get your team. You watch some baseball. You win some money. It's, it's awesome. It's just picking a new team every day, but doing it with a draft instead of salary cap. So here's what you do. You look for draft in your app store or you go to draft.com. Our listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. Just use our promo code FB today. Play a real money game for free. Just use the promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. Search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code FB today. We will get to ADP review in just a few minutes. Quickly, a few important questions. Just we've talked about drafting in deep leagues. What about shallower leagues? What about ten team leagues or or shallower? How do things change for you there? Similar to me, like my I wrote earlier this spring about roto leagues and how I really am not that concerned with floor. I want upside, and in ten team leagues, you really got to shoot for the moon. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's I think drafting Kershaw third overall is is actually pretty defensible in a ten team points league. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I would go harder after Gary Sanchez in that format. Um, you know, I wouldn't pass up Altuve for Kershaw, obviously, because Altuve is one of those uh, players who stands out by a large amount at a position. Um, let's see who else fits the bill, like yeah. a shortstop. Well, like how, how about how shortstop. about Correa or Machado versus the four first basemen? Yeah. I'd, that, I'd probably go the shortstop route in a 10-team league. I'd be more likely to do that than in a 12-team or deeper. Now, see that? It's interesting. It's a little counterintuitive because you don't have to worry as much about position scarcity. But it also makes sense. But, you know, because you could say one, argue, one argument could be like, well, it doesn't really matter what position they play. Just in a 10-team league, you're going to be good at every position. So just take, except maybe catcher, just take the guy who's going to put up better stats. And the first baseman will probably put up better stats than Correa. Yeah. But the thing is, everybody's going to be good at most every position in a ten-team league. So you got to figure out the one, the the ones where you can actually be better than everybody else. Okay, I, I mean it's a it's definitely uh, an interesting way to think about it. Uh, who do you not have enough shares of? As you've done drafts, you're like, yeah, I wish I had more of this guy. Ozzy Albies. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. Too. I, I actually, it's, it's not published yet. It's going to go up today, but the 16 players I keep drafting, Scott White keeps drafting. Um, and I really wish I could put Ozzy Albies on that list. He's on my breakouts list. I think he is going to be, I think there's a decent chance he's like a top five second baseman this year, but he always just goes like a round or two earlier than I'm ready to pull the trigger. And I mean, the thing is like, Whit Merrifield is actually on that list. Scooter Jeanette is on that list. I have other second basemen I like a lot. I just wish I could diversify a little more with the one who um, seems the most buzzworthy industry-wide. Well, yeah, I'll say Travis gonna, Shaw. I'm sorry, uh, Heath. Are you going to – Scott, are you going to reach for Albies now? Are you going to get in there a little earlier? You know, are you um, willing to, to maybe quote-unquote reach? I, I, I go into draft thinking this is the one where I'm going to get Albies, and it just – it it I don't know. I mean – like, I'm satisfied getting Whit Merrifield in round seven, so pretty much if he's there, I'm always going to take him. If he's there, and obviously I don't have, like, an Altuve or Jose Ramirez yet, or Dozier or whatever. Um, and then it seems like Ozzy Albies goes in that same round or so. So I don't, yeah, I mean, it would have to be me willing to draft Albies over Whit Merrifield, I think, to make sure I get him, and I haven't been willing to do that yet. All right, Heath, go ahead. It's Travis Shaw. Um, I don't know. I may have him on one team all year long, and I want him. But 
part of the problem is third base is extremely deep. And so I, unlike Chris, I do factor in positional scarcity just a little bit. And I seem to have the third baseman ranked too low. And even though I'm pretty high on Shaw, I've got him my eighth, number eight third baseman. He still goes before I'm willing to take him. And I do think there's a, a good chance that he is better than he was last year. Third base is, yes, it is deep. I, I've said many times that it's kind of shallow, removing Machado, Ramirez, and uh, Bregman. But it's both to me, It's uh, which doesn't make a ton of sense. But I feel like the high-end guys are, are really good and really safe. And then you get to the point where there's a lot of risky players, but they're all pretty damn good. Well, yeah. there, but there's a ton. Of, like, it's... It's really interesting because you've got, like in Roto, Eduardo Nunez could be a super stud once again. you got Adrian Beltre that's there in the 12th or 13th round. You've got huge upside guys like Gallo and Sano. And then you've got also really, really what I feel like are pretty safe guys in Seager, Moustakis, Longoria, Castellanos. We kind of know what those guys are going to be. Yeah, it is pretty deep. It's just, I, it is. I guess it's, it feels a little top heavy to me. Uh, it's almost like outfield to me. With Arenado and Donaldson, maybe, and Chris Bryant? Like, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna, not gonna get into that. And do you downgrade closers in a saves plus holds league? Which I'm seeing a lot of, by the way, saves plus holds. Do you downgrade closers? I think you have to. I mean, the closers are still better than the holds guys because there are more saves. Well, the whole, the saves leaders definitely have more saves than the holds leaders have holds. I, I shouldn't say there are more saves than holds it's because a lot more pitchers are accumulating holds, but you know what I mean. It really depends on whether it's a league where you get to choose how many starters and relievers you use or if there's only two RP spots. If there's only two RP spots, I'm not sure those holds guys are going to have much of an impact. I got some of these subheaders whenever you want to. Yeah, hit me with it. Do that. All right. So, uh, when I was writing about Matt Carpenter on the comeback trail this spring, I had the subheader Carpenter Antsy. <laughs> That's a 10. Yeah. I, um, well, when I was talking like Carpenter about Carpenter Antsy. When I was talking, when I was reacting to Mike Clevenger <laughs> and, uh, how excited I am about him, I went with the headline, My Clevenger. Like Mike Clevenger. That's terrible. Okay. That's really awful. That's a terrible. All right. so you had was, like 15 minutes to do this. When I was writing about Jack Flaherty's awesome spring, uh, I went with the headline, Hi, comma, Jack. Like hijack? Yeah, like hijack. Wow. That's a one. <laughs> Why didn't you, you should have let Adam do this. Yeah, apparently, apparently <laughs> but I didn't you know what? the right ones here. The worse, the ba- the worse they are, the better they are. All right. How about this? Um, writing about how different Amir Garrett has looked this spring than last season. Amir difference. Um, a miraculous turnaround. Ooh. You don't know about that one? Five. Not feeling it? Five. Okay. Five's fine. Yeah. Sure. Last one. Last one. All right. Apparently I'm not a good judge <laughs> of my own subheaders here. No, so. they're funny. I just uh, want to get to ADP. Uh, how about uh, when Brandon Belt was showing signs of a clear turnaround this spring after missing most of the second half last year with a concussion. Mm-hmm. And we were worried, you know, what kind of carryover effect would that have? I went with the headline, concussed out. That's pretty good. Uh, it's a, it's a six. Okay. The, the first one was the best this, one. Yeah. Um, are, did you mention it? I, I maybe wasn't paying attention because I was still trying to figure out the, uh, the <laughs> names at the top of the podcast, but did you mention that, uh, at some point we're going to announce the For the People League? No, I didn't mention that. We are going to do that at the end of the show. Oh, what okay, about good. this? Steven Matz was awesome early this spring, more like Doormatz. You mean he was awful or he was but awesome? He was good. He was awful, sorry. Yeah, he was I said, awful. Doormats? I set it up wrong, sorry. <laughs> I just, I love the commitment. I love the commitment. I love the commitment. Like, you basically, every player you write about, you give him a cheesy headline and it's terrific. Yeah, yeah, I try. Alright, Heath, real quick, let's play our, uh, the, the great syllable oh, game. Oh, oh. Oh, his favorite one. David Dahl, healthy. David Dahl, um, you know, struggling at first this spring to come back from the rib cage injury last year. Porcelain Dahl. <laughs> That's pretty good. That that one's better. That's I think you one. could be like a joke writer. You just need somebody to deliver them for you. <laughs> All right, Scott. How many syllables in in Encarnacion? In Encarnacion is Encarnacion five. I believe that's right. Yeah, that's right. That, that, good yeah. job. That's one a, one for one. Encarnacion. 
That's how the internet says it. Okay. So you got it right. <laughs> Good. Uh, was, how, what were the other ones? Um, oh, I had, I had texted you a list. Did you? Oh, uh, it was texted? Okay, I'll, uh, I'll pull yes. up the text. Um, Cueto. Johnny Cueto is three <laughs> syllables. Two syllables. <laughs> no, I knew you weren't, I knew you weren't gonna like that one. Cueto. Definitely it's Cueto, two. guys. It's, it's not Cueto. It's two, right, Adam? I say two, yeah. Okay, uh, uh Samarja. <laughs> this was actually one that came up on Twitter last night to me. This um, is really tough. Samarja. Now, Samarja. I feel like there's a subtle fourth syllable in there. Um, Cam Bedrosian. Cam Bedrosian. <laughs> um, that one does seem like three to me. Bedrosian, okay. yeah. Uh, Jerry's Familia. Familia. We're just going Familia or Jerry? Familia. Familia. Um, familia. Four. That one actually does feel like four to me. Familia. 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 I th- I'm pretty sure. I, That's four. I, I think you, you could, I would accept either one. Familia. Familia. Yeah. Familia, guys. Uh, last familia. one. Last one. Like, Cor- Cueto was obviously the most incorrect so far. Cueto, guys. Cor- Corey Knebel. Not Cueto. Uh, Corey Knebel is three. Kneb- Kne- yeah. No. Yeah, I think that one's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, thank you for playing the syllable game. Let's get into average draft position. I will go six picks at a time. We do twelve team leagues here, so we'll do round by round, but but half a round by half a round, I guess. All right, round one: Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, Clayton Kershaw, Paul Goldschmidt. All right, so first of all, this is Roto ADP and or categories ADP. And uh Mike Trout, Altuve, Arenado, Trey Turner, Clayton Kershaw, Paul Goldschmidt. There you go. That's your top six. I can't argue with the top four. Like, obviously, I put them in a little different order, but I can't argue with that. Both Kershaw and Goldschmidt feel early. Yeah, Goldschmidt, I do wonder. Goldschmidt was third before the humidor, and he has steadily dropped down to six. So I wonder what his real ADP is. When would you take Paul Goldschmidt? 12? I have him 10th in Roto, where the steals matter more, and 11th in points. Okay. Uh, and Kershaw and Roto, when are you taking him? Isn't he like 8th-ish in both formats for you guys? Mm, yep. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so oh, then, apparently in shallower leagues, I'd take him 3rd in points. You, you apparently. Could, yeah, for sure. Trout, <laughs> Altuve, Arenado, Turner, Kershaw, Goldschmidt. 7, Harper, Blackman, Betts. Stanton, four outfielders in a row. Harper, Blackman, Betts, Stanton, Scherzer, Kluber, Sale. I'll go 13 because it's Sale is 13th. So again, uh, 7 through 13 is Harper, Blackman, Betts, Stanton, four outfielders, followed by three starting pitchers, Scherzer, Kluber, Sale. That jibes with what I'm seeing uh, for the most part. I wasn't sure Stanton would be ahead of the pitchers. But, uh, I, that's, that's, I think that's how I rank them. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I would put Harper, Blackman, and Betts ahead of Goldschmidt and Kershaw. Uh, and I think Betts, especially at nine, is just an enormous value because he's got number one overall potential. Yeah, Betts better in a points league, but not, but that doesn't mean he's not great in a roto league, but he's, I get maybe a little safer in a points league because of the plate discipline and the plate appearances. Um, mm-hmm. all right. So we are now through 13 picks. And that was an interesting run. Four outfielders, three starting pitchers. So let's start, you know, just for simplicity's sake. 13th overall is Sale, followed by Correa, Chris Bryant, Manny Machado, Joey Votto, and Aaron Judge. All right, so it's uh, Sale, Correa, Bryant, Machado, Votto, Judge. (laughs) I mean, all those guys, I'm trying to see something that really stands out to me as, man, that's dumb, and I don't see that here. I wouldn't take Votto ahead of Machado or Judge, um, and I would put Machado ahead of Correa, but... Yeah, there's nothing, like, dumb. It's, it's, we're definitely, like, these have been vetted enough at this point in right, draft right. prep season that, um, all the, all the oddball picks have been, Kind of squeezed out. Now I I do have different preferences, like like Heath would. Like I I'd, I'd in most cases I think I would take Votto ahead of Machado. Um, but like we were saying in the shallower league, maybe not. We've been asked, you know, who's the most likely to be a bust 
you know, just looking at the top 18 picks, nobody really jumps out at me. I mean, the pitchers, it's hard to imagine all four of those starting pitchers are going to be great just because that's the way starting pitcher is. Maybe they'll be great, but, but one or two will end up on the DL or something. Scherzer really dealt with some nagging injuries last year. Judge in a points league. Could I think be he walks li- too much. A little, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I think I could make a case for any of these. You could make a bust case for any of these guys. I guess, but none of them Except scare me. Now judge scares me. Judge scares me a little bit. He, he really, yeah, he I mean, does. Judge is the one. Like, Judge is actually on my bust 2.0, not because I think it's a high percentage chance he busts, but because it's enough of a percentage that he the bottom just falls out. That uh, I almost never take him. Judge would not be on my bus list in a 5x5 five five league with OBP instead of batting average. He had a 420 OBP last year and like a 280 batting average, so he does walk a ton. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if anybody asked me to critique their first two picks and it were two of these 18, I don't, I'm not gonna complain about any combination. I'm really not. I think, I feel like we're all on the same page there, right? And these are great players. Yep. Okay. Alright, nice. Unless you reach for one of the second rounders in the first, yeah. Uh, well, we haven't quite gotten there, I don't think. Oh, oh okay. sorry, sorry. Second rounders in the first. Okay, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I could understand taking Correa or Machado in the first. Yeah. Like, Joey Votto was, like, the fourth best hitter in points leagues last year. And probably right up there in Roto, too. Okay, 19, yeah. 19 through 24. Freeman, Lindor, Rizzo, Jose Ramirez, J.D. Martinez, Gary Sanchez. Freeman, Lindor, Rizzo, Jose Ramirez, J.D. Martinez, Gary Sanchez. And Heath makes a good point about how, um, you know, Machado and Correa are viable first-rounders. I feel like viable first-rounders continue right up until Francisco Lindor. Like, those top 19 have, you know, like, they're, they're borderline first-rounders, most of them. See, I guess the reason I couldn't take Votto in the first round is because, like, Freeman or Rizzo are going to be there in the second round. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I actually have Votto the lowest of them in points. I have Rizzo last in Roto, obviously. Um, but I like we've seen Freeman go in the first round. We've seen Votto go in the first round. We've seen Machado, Correa, obviously Judge. Uh, I haven't seen Francisco Lindor do that yet. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, even you went through twenty. How far did down did you go? Twenty two. Twenty four. Twenty four. J.D. Martinez. Gary so Sanchez. even Jose Ramirez performed like a first rounder last year. Even J.D. Martinez, when he was healthy, performed like a first rounder last year. So, like that's part of the reason why I wanted to see how it would play out if I took Kershaw third overall is because I felt like those caliber of hitters could mimic first round production. And um, you know, if I think right up until Gary Sanchez at number twenty four, that's that's true. Yeah, if and I think Mookie Betts is the player in the first round that is the highest, that I have the highest compared to where he is in ADP. I think he's the best value in the first round. I'd say Jose Ramirez for me is in the second. Other than the fact that there's two guys that I think should be there that we haven't talked about yet. We'll get to them later. All right, here we go. So still only four pitchers off the board in in this Roto ADP. Uh, and then here come the pitchers. Madison Bumgarner is 25. Strasburg is 26. Bellinger. Springer. Donaldson. Cindergard, Seeger, Strasburg, Bellinger, Springer, Donald. Oh, no, oh, I think I went with seven people there. Sorry, Bumgarner, Strasburg, Bellinger, Springer, Donaldson, Cindergard. We have three pitchers and three hitters. The pitchers are Bumgarner, Strasburg, and Cindergard. The hitters are Bellinger, Springer, and Donaldson. This is the stretch of pitchers that I almost never find myself drafting because we're coming coming up on that Dozier line where the we go from honest to goodness standout hitters to a really big glob of hitters that are kind of similar that goes on for, you know, a dozen rounds or so. Um so I I rarely find myself taking the Strasburgs and Cinder Guards. I'll take one of the big super four, you know, the four elite aces, four super aces, whatever we're calling them, at the around one two turn. Uh, but otherwise, I'm waiting a little beyond this group, maybe with my fourth pick to draft a starting pitcher. Yeah, there are still two players in my top twenty that have not been drafted yet. But Scott, if you, oh, I know who they are. They're they're D Gordon and Starling Marte, right? Yep. Now, but Scott, if you didn't take a super ace with either of your first two picks, 
you would be looking at Bumgarner, Strasburg, Syndergaard, right? With your well, not pick. if not if Donaldson, Seager, Brian Dozier, who we haven't gotten to yet. Not if they're still there. Bellinger, I'm 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 still taking those hitters. Does now, that, second that half of round three, second half of round three, there's a good chance they're all gone. And yeah, maybe I do take a pitcher. But uh, just going strictly off this ADP, uh-huh. um, I don't have a single share in Strasburg yet. I may have one in Syndergaard, but I think it's a, uh, an auction league. So, yeah, it just I, I haven't been drafting these guys. But does that change in a points league? Because that's exactly what I did. Remember, I took Donaldson uh, in our draft. Well, I assume and I, I assume it. the ADP changes in a points league. I would still. My, my no, question I, is, I still would, think would, I still think the drop off is is just the drop off among hitters is is. So you're like basically the drop off at hitters here. There's a, there's a drop off of a pitcher that's coming later. I think we're in the middle of a tier here right now. And I know we talked about before about how that depend that depends how you assess Chris Archer, you Darvish, Robbie Ray. Uh, but even if you don't like those guys, they're still going to be the Grankies, the Severinos, the Jacob Degroms. Like that's mm, I, I don't feel like Strasburg and Syndergaard, at least factoring in all the risks there, stand out enough from those other pitchers that I'm going to pass up on what looks like. An impending drop off at hitter. So what, what, what you're saying is if you have a pick in the first five picks of the draft, you're starting hitter, hitter, hitter. Most likely, yeah. Most likely. I'm just telling you that in a points league, the DeGrom, Carrasco, Granky group, I really don't think they will be there at the end, at, in round four for your fourth that's pick. That's fine. That's, that's why I tested, I, I, I've tested out, um, starting hitter, hitter, hitter in a points league. And not being able to draft any of those guys. That's when I make up for a lack of quality with quantity. I'm still drafting, you know, an Archer and Ray or a Darvish and Ray, but then I'm following up with the Keichel, a Paxton, uh, you know, just whoever I feel like is, is going to be, I feel like is going to be good when they're, they're able to pitch. And, you know, if they, exceed expectations in terms of innings, there's a very good chance they join that ace group. I will I will say the biggest difference for me with these pitchers is format. In Roto, Strasburg, Syndergaarden, the third, I think that's good value, and they've got the upside to be right there with those top four starting pitchers. If it's a points league, I'm taking Verlander and Grinke ahead of those guys. All right, so I just I'm going to end this now because I'm just going to say what happened in our points league drafts because I went I – mean, I talked about this, I'm sorry, a couple of days ago, but – I went Betts, Correa, Donaldson, and then and I I didn't like my team. Fourth round, I took Chris Archer. By my fifth pick, I had to take James Paxton as my number two. Like, there's no way I was getting Archer and Darvish. Ray, Darvish, Carlos Martinez, they were all gone. So was Dallas Keuchel. So was Aaron Nola by the time my fifth pick came around. So you have to be aware of what's going to happen in your points league. Um, I, I, I think by the time you get to the middle of the fifth round, you know, James Paxton, Aaron Nola, that group is going to be the best one left. I, I really don't think you're getting Granky or Darvish or Archer or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to know who you're drafting with. And, and I feel like this was a little more, um, it, at least based on our mic drafts, it, it played out a little unusually, Paxton and, and Nola going where they did. But um, I still feel like, I still feel like you didn't go in heavy enough after that. Like I, I would have been going heavy after like the Garrett Coles, the Tanakas, the even like Johnny Cueto, uh, Luis Castillo. Like there are a lot of pitchers I like who I don't think are going to measure up to those aces, but I could at least see it happening. And if you're taking in a points league, especially the more of those you have, the more you're going to be able to take advantage of two start weeks. Um, I, I think that's I think that's the better value path to take. Okay. So after pick 30, which was Cindergard, we have Seeger, D. Gordon, Brian Dozier, Carlos Carrasco, Severino, and Verlander. Seeger, Gordon, Dozier, Carrasco, Severino, Verlander. That's the end of the round. All right, that's D. Gordon at 32 overall in a Roto League. I know Heath loves that. Uh Love it. This makes sense. Look, we're in this tier of starting pitcher. We'll keep going, right? So Carrasco, Severino, Verlander, end round three. Beginning of round four in a 12-team league, pick 37 overall is Jacob deGrom. So Carrasco, Severino, Verlander, deGrom. Uh, then we have Jose Abreu, 38. Kenley Jansen, 39. Bregman, Benintendi, and Granke. So it's deGrom, Abreu, Jansen, Bregman, Benintendi, Granke. Thoughts? Well, I mean, it's too early for Jansen for me. 
Um, like that, it, it, I don't think any closer is impactful enough unless you're going to go with a reliever heavy strategy to justify taking that early because they're so many of what, so much of what they do well apart from the saves is going to get washed out by starting pitchers or at least, um, severely tempered by starting pitchers. Uh, I don't have great objections otherwise. I feel like Benintendi's maybe a little overrated here. Bregman I can understand better based on the way he finished last season, based on the shortstop eligibility. Uh, but Benintendi, like, there's a good chance Benintendi is a rich man's Kevin Kiermeyer this year. That's basically what he was last year. A healthier Kevin Kiermeyer who cost a lot more. And so I, I tend not to pay up for him. Okay, after this group, we have Hoskins at 43 overall. Or, four, yeah. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, Robbie Ray, Justin Upton, Anthony Rendon, and Christian Yelich. So, so round four is really an outfielder round, because you have Ben Intendi, and then you get, uh, Hoskins, who's outfield eligible, but also first base. Ozuna, Robbie Ray, Justin Upton, Anthony Rendon, and Christian Yelich. And I like this outfield tier. I, I I like to get one player from this tier. I, I typically draft an outfielder in round four. Yeah, and that's that's too early for me for Ozuna. Yeah, it's usually um, not him. <laughs> and, and probably for Ray too, but everybody else is fine. You know what? I don't I don't want to become known as the guy who doesn't like Reese Hoskins because I got that nice victory lap in August and it was great. But in a roto league, which is what this ADP represents. I'm not sure he's worth it there because I, I feel like in, in the traditional five by five categories, he's probably going to hit a lot of home runs, probably decent RBI run total, but batting, obviously no steals and batting average. You know, I'm not sure he's going to be, um, above average really in that category. So like with the great plate discipline, sure, I'll take him in points leagues here, but I feel like, um, I know he's, a good bit further down. I feel like I actually prefer Tommy Pham in Roto Leagues to Reese Hoskins. Well, I, I, I wonder how many Roto Leagues now use OBP instead of average. I don't think it's a small percentage, so that may be influencing a little bit. Also, there are a lot of, there's a lot of talk about how, yes, he's not going to be a high BABIP guy, but there's no reason to expect Reese Hoskins to be a 241 BABIP guy. So he may have 20 points of regression coming on his batting average. All right. By the way, the, the I don't usually take Ozuna or Justin Upton. So Ben Benintendi and Yelich are the two outfielders that I like to target in this round. Uh, and let's move to round five. You Darvish, Encarnacion, that's 50th overall. That's a steal. Craig Kimbrell, so that is like 10 picks after Kenley Jansen. Yeah, uh, no reason for that to be that big of a gap. I would rather Jansen fall back to Kimbrell's level, but it seems weird that they go that far apart. Yeah, they seem to always, yeah. Darvish, Encarnacion, Kimbrel, Starling Marte, 50th overall, 52nd, whatever. He never goes that late in any of the drafts no, I'm in. No. Um, Nelson Cruz, Carlos Martinez, I've lost count. I think Chris Archer is the last one here. So Encarnacion, no, Darvish, Encarnacion, Kimbrel, Marte, Cruz, Carlos Martinez. Cruz specifically is so dependent on what site you play on. On a variety of sites, he's outfield eligible. I have a hard time with him in a five outfielder league with just one utility spot quite this early. Mm. I think in a league where he's outfield eligible, this is great value. Too late even. Oh yeah. It really depends on the site and what he's eligible at. If he's outfield eligible, would you take Ben Intendi or Cruz? Cruz. Yeah. Hmm. I, yeah, I think I would too. I have trouble with the old guys here. Encarnacion, who I know he said was a great value, and Cruz, just because there's always that little bit of doubt, is this the year they just crash and burn? And, you know, I, I'm usually happy to take Rendon or, like, Christian Yelich instead. Tommy Pham, obviously. Okay. Carlos Martinez, Chris Archer, Buster Posey finishing up round five. Posey, Tommy Pham, Byron Buxton, Jonathan Scope, Wilson Contreras. I, I don't know why you would take Jonathan Scope right here. Yeah. Like, that just seems I mean, way too high. You're drafting for last year's numbers. Because, I mean, you know, right. hit, hit 290, 30 homers, or did he even hit 300? Uh, 100 RBI. Like, but 
you know, a lot of that just came from him playing a high number of games, and there are some reasons to think there's there's reasons to think he was playing over his head too. So, um, and you know, certainly if we get points leagues involved in this discussion, the lack of walks is an issue there. So yeah, we, yeah we've been I, we've I, been saying it from the jump that scope is going too early. Right. All right. So let's move on to round six. Uh, I also find it interesting that Contreras and Posey are only six picks apart in ADP. Uh, alright, round six, Keichel, Chapman. It's always like Jansen one round, then, then, uh, Kimbrell the next round, then Chapman the next round. Uh, Elvis Andrews, AJ Pollock, Karis Davis, Aaron Nola, Keichel, Chapman, Andrews, Pollock, Karis Davis, Nola. I draft Andrews a lot in this range. If I don't happen to get one of the, you know, Correa, Machado, Seager, Lindor class, Andrews is most often my shortstop because he was as good as them last year. And you're, you know, even if he um, regresses completely in home runs, I don't think it's a huge reach at this point. I think he probably won't hit as many home runs as he did last year, but like I, 16-ish sounds about right to me with good batting average, good solid steals total. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think he's a big enough advantage at a thin position to be worth drafting here. I've got a little bit of a problem with Aaron Nola this high. And I like Aaron Nola and what he could be, but like, we're still talking about a guy that hasn't been exactly the same guy each of his three years in the major leagues, hasn't yet made it through a full season. Um, I, I think there's some assumptions being made to take him this early. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that people take Nola. 12 picks or 10 picks ahead of Paxton. You know, they both have injury concerns. Who's a better pitcher? I mean, I think Paxton's a better pitcher, personally. Oh, I'd rather have Paxton on a first-start basis. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of interesting. And I I think what may have happened, because I was this way when he first came up, I thought, well, I don't know if Aaron Nola has ace upside, but he sure looks safe. And I think, like, he developed a little bit more upside or showed us more upside than he thought he had, but also has had some injuries. But he, the state, the safe tag stuck. Okay, so this next pick, 67th overall, is a guy we don't talk about much, and he's not someone you want to take this high in points. He's much better in Roto. He's Will Myers. Will Myers, Jose Quintana, Daniel Murphy, but that's skewed. Billy Hamilton. I mean, 71st overall. I never see him last that long in Roto, Billy Hamilton. Myers, Quintana, Murphy, Hamilton, Xander Bogarts, Robinson Cano. That's uh, 67 through through 72. Myers, Quintana, Murphy. Hamilton, Bogarts, Cano. Myers is a guy I'm drafting a lot in Roto Leagues. And it helps knowing that he will gain outfield eligibility probably the first week of the season. Makes it easier to fit him in. Really? But, round um, six, though? That's okay with you for Myers? Yeah. Yeah, because it's – look, it's it's basically – I mean, I don't – you don't want guarantees. You, you don't want to guarantee something. Um, but – he seems like a very safe bet for 20-plus steals done for the last two years. He and Goldschmidt are the only first baseman who you would expect that from. And he's going to be a big power hitter, too. And the lineup's probably going to be better than last year, so you expect the home runs, the RBI and runs to improve. Not going to help in batting average, but it's not like he's Joey Gallo either, you know? I, I think there are a lot more positives than negatives, particularly factoring in the steel scarcity taking him here. All right. If I already had steals, you know... Well, probably, no way, yeah, yeah, probably no not. Way. If you drafted D. Gordon or Trey Turner or right. Altuve, even, right? Uh, yeah, you're probably not taking him. But I find uh, he's often my first steals guy, <laughs> and then I follow up with Whit Merrifield, and things are pretty good. And I'll just say that Quintana goes here, and you know, I said this when we were doing the starting pitcher preview a long time ago. Jacob Degrom, Carlos Martinez, and Jose Quintana. Degrom, Martinez, Quintana, three pitchers who had big increases in strikeouts last year but also gave up a lot of home runs and saw their ERAs rise. But I'm still just very encouraged that we know that they can have great ERAs and and they struck out more batters. So it's like I, they could all have you know huge years. They just keep the ball in the park a little bit more. This is a good spot for Quintana, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is the year that Jose Quintana wins 15 games. All right, yeah, he <laughs> should. All right, let's go a little faster here. We got uh, round seven. Justin Turner, he won't go there now. Corey Knebel. James Paxton, Gene Segura, Garrett Cole, Whit Merrifield. Turner, Knabel, Paxton, Segura, Cole, Merrifield. I'd much rather have Merrifield than Segura. I think the one guy who's not on this podcast would disagree. The one guy who's not on today's podcast. 
Um, I've got them 10 spots apart, so. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would I rather think, have Merrifield. I think Merrifield's a better steel source. I think he's, I think he's a better power source. Batting average, you know, Seager may, Segura may have an edge there, but, um, but yeah, just, just if we're talking Roto, I give Merrifield 10 steals on him. Andrew McCutcheon, next half of round seven. McCutcheon, Ozuna, Roberto Ozuna, Osuna, Eric Hosmer, Yoannis Cespedes, Shohei Otani, and Lorenzo Kane. McCutcheon, Osuna, Hosmer, Cespedes, Otani, and Kane. So three outfielders in those six picks. Otani is dropping like an anchor. Yeah. He is not going to be uh, taken at this spot. I just passed on him in our draft where you were mocking me. Uh, I was mocking you? Yes, you were mocking me because you got Ian Happ. Oh, oh, yeah, but that's what that you just m- tra- passed on him at like 135th overall. 135th overall, and yeah. I just passed on Otani. He yeah, is, I passed on him too. And he may come back to me. Yeah, I might, I might have to take him next round if he's still there. But that that would be like 160 or, or 50 or something. Right, anyway, this, yeah. this is mostly Roto ADP, and I I don't have any idea why Eric Cosmer's this high. 80th overall, 81st. Yeah, I wouldn't take Eric Cosmer here either. But seeing as I'm often drafting with Heath and Chris. I find uh, he's available tenth round and beyond often. How do you feel about McCutcheon at eighty? Um, not good. Yeah. Myself. Ugh, no. All right, next yeah. round. Next round. Round eight. Tanaka. Miguel. Ca- Miguel Cabrera. I take him like all the time. Uh, Travis Shaw. Jake Arrieta. Domingo Santana and Ken Giles. Tanaka, Miggy, Shaw, Arietta, Santana, Giles. Can't draft Santana here. Not anymore. Not with the way things are developing, where Braun isn't comfortable at first base. And it's hard to tell how that playing time is going to shake out. And there are risk factors beyond that even. So it doesn't, like, the risk far outweighs the reward, I feel like, at this point. Uh, and I think Jake Arietta's a little too risky here, too. Okay, we're going to see some closers come off the board. Giles was 90th. Cody Allen, Felipe Rivero, Edwin Diaz. How about that run? So this is closer 5, 6, 7, and 8 after the big three. Oh, no, 6, 7, 8, and 9. The big three followed by Knable, Ozuna, and then in round 8, Giles, Allen, Felipe Rivero, Edwin Diaz, followed by Devers, Sano, and Rugnet Odor to end the round. Devers, Sano, and Odor. So third baseman and closers off the board here as we get toward pick 100. This is the point where we the draft where people are like, eh, doesn't, I don't really like anybody. I'm going to take a closer or I'm going to shoot for the sky with upside. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I mean, right? It's a good spot for them. Right. I, I've gone back and forth so many times on Miguel Sano. I don't even know what I think about him anymore. <laughs> um, but I think this is a fine spot. I, I like Devers a lot here too. Okay, so we're in the mid-90s for them. Is there any closer that you think is going too early out of Giles, Allen, Felipe Rivero, and Edwin Diaz? Rivero. I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. I said it. Yep, it's out there. Uh, I, I tend to rank Cody Allen lower, even though I recognize there's... Like, that's just me looking at how he consistently finishes with, like, 32 saves, even though the Indians are good. And he's um, been awesome. And just expecting it to happen again. All right, I'm going to maybe do, isn't sensible, but, like... Next week I is bold get, prediction week. Let's, nope, let's turn, turn turn up the clock. Bold prediction, 40 saves for Cody Allen. I like okay. it a lot. It, it could certainly happen. <laughs> I just feel like I've gotten burned enough by now that I'd rather let somebody else take him. Totally and there's fair. still a closer that hasn't gone that I have ranked ahead of all these guys, so... Who is that? Oh, Rysel. Rysel. Okay, we're only going to do 10 rounds of ADP. Uh, I had a feeling we wouldn't get to everything, but I think that should be helpful. All right, so round nine. John Lester, David Price. Pretty interesting back-to-back there. Lester Price, Jose Barrios, Kyle Hen- Okay, this is the starting pitcher round, apparently. Lester, Price, Barrios, Hendricks, Alex Wood, Ryan Braun. First six picks of round nine. Lester, Price, Barrios, Hendricks, Alex Wood, Ryan Braun. So I think Price's ADP is probably rising. He went in the sixth round. That was a head-to-head draft, granted, but um, I don't think I'd let him slip past the eighth, even in a Roto League, with the way his first two Grapefruit League starts have gone. I also find myself drafting Alex Wood a lot, a lot more than I thought when I first started the rankings process in November or whatever it was, and I thought, eh, people are going to overpay for this guy based on 
that ridiculous first half. But what I'm finding is, like, he feels like one of the last pitchers who I feel confident isn't going to ruin my ERA and whip. Um, and, you know, I do question his durability, but on a start-by-start basis, he got the length he needed to pile up a bunch of wins. Have, have we talked at all about what Kyle Hendricks has done this spring? No, no. He has thrown 15 innings. He has struck out 21 batters, and he has yet to walk anyone. Wow. Yeah, wow, yeah. Um, it's interesting. I wonder if there's anything he's doing differently or if it's just, you know. Baseball reference does opponent quality for mm-hmm. starting pitchers. His is 8.5 on a scale of 10. Damn. Yeah. I mean, if I read something that he was doing differently, then I could get excited about that. But I feel like, you know, a guy's going to try to find something and get Okay, go ahead. Right? No. God, get me excited. Sure. All right. Um, and then, I, you know, with Alex Wood, I also was just reading an article about him the other day. He... The theory of why he struggled so much in the second half was that he got tired because he only threw 60 innings the year before, 70 innings the year before that. So he wasn't used to it. But, yes, he, he and has he has and this. Yeah, go ahead. It's worth pointing out, struggled so much was still a sub-4 ERA. And, you know, it was mostly limited. We looked up the game log the other day, and it was two awful starts, two not-so-great starts, and the rest were all fine. Yeah, and the strikeouts were down, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Alex Wood. It's an interesting group of pitchers. There's some upside there. Uh, back to the ADP. After Alex Wood, it's Ryan Braun. Okay. Then it's Iglesias, Salvador Perez, Trevor Story, Wade Davis, and Didi Gregorius and Chris Taylor. So Rysel, Salvi, Story, Wade Davis, Didi, Chris Taylor. I am not excited about drafting Story here. I understand things are getting thin at shortstop, but I'd rather have Didi by a pretty wide margin. Interesting. Uh, and what's weird is I'm sure Chris Taylor is shortstop eligible on some sites. He's not on ours, so you know don't get too excited. But he's another guy who I'm surprised I, I'm drafting so often just because he's so darn handy with that second base outfield um, versatility. He's not a nothing in terms of stolen bases. Uh, he... Like, he restructured his swing so much last year with one of the top-hitting gurus behind it that, like, yeah, the BABIP was a little high, but otherwise I'm buying the gains he made. And he's got a bad leadoff for the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. So That's a big point for me. That that helps. Because I'm not really sold on Chris Taylor, and I'm not really sold on Merrifield. I'm scared of the guys who came out of nowhere and had great years, but batting leadoff for the Dodgers certainly helps. Plus, he goes so late. I mean, well, he doesn't go so late, but he goes 108th, 110th overall. That's late pretty relative good to how he performed last. Yeah, year. yeah. All right, final round here. DJ LeMahieu, Zach Godley, Yasiel Puig. Just tell me if there's any bad picks in this round. LeMahieu. I so wish I could get Godley 110th overall. Yeah, that's a dream scenario. LeMay, yeah, right. Yeah, people are very high on him now. LeMahieu, Godley, Puig, Castellanos, Gallo, Doolittle, Rich Hill, Sonny Gray, Lance McCullers. Brad Hand, Luke Weaver, Matt Olson. I would say this. Uh, we talked about players we want more shares of. Lance McCullers for me. I yeah, passed I, him I, up. Uh, I have drafted yeah. him a lot in Roto, and I'm uh, I'm happy to keep doing it. He has had an amazing spring. Great spring. Not, not quite Kyle Hendricks good, but very good. He's a great pitcher. We know what the risks are with him. I yeah, passed him up for Strowman in a points league. I wouldn't have done that in a roto league, but but with McCullers and Strowman, you're talking about two pitchers who have very different values in their in different formats. May mm. definitely for Strowman, maybe for McCullers, because you, you can pretty much assume he's gonna be really good when he pitches. You just don't know how much he's gonna pitch. Well, it's I, I think it's even more complicated than that because he was good for he was awesome for two months last year. Missed some time, wasn't so awesome when he got back. Like it's like look at his final ERA and whip. It's not like it's not like it's like, oh, if he just gets the innings, this guy's an ace. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's I don't true, know. I'm, but I'm he... kind of, like, I certainly recognize the upside for McCullers. I think I'd rather have Rich Hill. I don't want to make too much of this, but 261 ERA in, in the postseason, facing the Yankees, facing the Dodgers, facing, I don't know if yeah. he faced the Red Sox. Like, he was so good. He was good. He's but it seemed like they talented. rested him up for that, too. Like, it seems like they don't trust Lance McCullers to give them, to, like, to be, to handle the workload you'd expect a starting pitcher to handle. And that's why they have, like, 
you know, all these rotation redundancies now. That's one reason why. More, uh, McHugh going to the bullpen, Peacock going to the bullpen, Francis Martez is still kicking around. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And that's why I took Stroman over him in points leagues, and I keep finding myself doing that, so I know this was Roto ADP, but if you're in points leagues, like, just please realize, Marcus Stroman is going to pitch the first week of the season. You know, he might get off to a slow start. You know, he had this the arm injury, but it seems like he's fine. He's so good in that format. Innings matter, and uh, just, you know, he's a, he's a value pick for me in points leagues, not not so much in Roto. All right, then. Thank you for 10 rounds of ADP. Heath, let's give people some good news going into the weekend. Who's in the rejects or the, for the people league? For the Team people number league. one is Scam. Yeah. Team number two is Creed. <laughs> Team number three, due to a clerical error on the part of Adam Azer, will be our NCAA bracket contest winner announced on Monday because he was supposed to be in the podcast league, but Adam didn't leave a spot for he or she. Did, can you believe that? What an idiot. Team number four is Isaac getting in with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Of trolling us. Yes. Team number five is Philip Marchand, mm-hmm. which was uh, Adam's request. Yeah, so Phil, I, this was one of the dedicated longtime listeners' exemptions. The guy's emails all the time. He's been listening forever. Phil, you're in the league. Team number six goes to Carl May. And we'll just read a short little bit of his email. I'm writing to you for several reasons. First, to address the elephant in the room. Heath is the greatest fantasy baseball personality of all time. Well done, Carl. Yep. Automatically. Yeah. Uh, and he finishes by saying Chris may offer valuable insight, but he is the no- generic version of the great Heath coming. <laughs> That's great. Team number seven, Joe Mundo. Sent some beer and bourbon recommendations. Woodford Reserve, fantastic. Also included Sex Panther Double Chocolate Porter, which was amazing. So good work, Joe Mundo. Team number eight, Rob Rains. My best friend called me the Heath Cummings of his life. Feels like I'm winning. That's a good haiku. That's a good haiku. Team number nine. Yes, Scott? Nah, never mind. Keep going. Sorry. Zach Waxman. Listens to podcasts daily. Waits for wardrobe malfunction. Settles for heat snips. <laughs> Team number 10, Matt Griffith. H is for hilarious. E is for effortlessly pisses off Scott. <laughs> A is for attitude. T is for the best at fantasy sports. H is for hates Chris. Hates Chris. Like people you don't think hate, you hate Chris. Chris. You guys are peas in a pot. You love each other. It's so funny. Team Cree. Yeah. Team number 11, Matt <laughs> Bryant. Shohei Yasmani. Towers, I need to hear you. Shohei Yasmani. Yeah, that's good. That is outstanding. Shohei Yasmani will be one of my team names this year. Team 12 is out of the league. You have to find a replacement. Team 12, Chris Moore. Miami loses to Loyola Chicago and Big Kane 2 weeps. Yeah, yeah. Well done. He almost did. It was pretty, yeah. They're freaking Elite 8. Pathetic. Team 13, Josh Gertz. Please tell Chris I said... Positional scarcity does, in fact, exist. Well done. Well Positional done. scarcity is seven syllables. How about that? Team 14. Is it, though? Noah Goldman. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Heath is the man. But Noah, not just because he said I was the man, I had asked for some rule suggestions, and I like Noah's rule suggestions. Oh, you're not best. really doing this. No, but okay. it's awesome. We might. <laughs> I no, haven't decided we, we yet. Won't. I'm a huge proponent of adding the stat sacrifice flies to the For the People League. <laughs> I'm sure Scott would be on board with this critical <laughs> addition to the league. It will take a deep dive into Saber metrics to figure out the ultimate sacrifice flies player in the majors. Who has the highest fly ball percentage? Who has the highest fly ball percentage with a runner at third? Who has the highest fly ball percentage with a runner at third and less than two outs? Pretty sure those situational stats are not sabermetrics, but who has the highest fly ball percentage with a runner in third and less than two outs whose average fly ball distance is long enough to score a typical runner from third? Yeah, that's sabermetrics. Well done, Noah oh. Goldman. Yeah. Team 15, Nicholas Miller. Chasing dongs each day. Big dongs are my favorite. Little dongs still count. <laughs> Nicholas Miller in the podcast, for the people podcast oh, league in team 16. Will not be announced until Monday because we have a tradition that is in danger of ending. I could not find in searching through all the emails and all the tweets I really received any female entries. None. And maybe it's just because all of the women that listen to this podcast have already been in the podcast league and beat us all. I think that's happened twice now. 
Um, but we should definitely have some entries. So please, over the weekend, send your emails, send your tweets at Heath Cummings SR. Please don't be a dude that tries to pretend that he is not a dude so that he can be in the fourth. Yeah, don't podcast. do that. Not cool. It's going to happen. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, we won't know. Oh, I, we had the fake Russian that one year, right? Oh, that was weird. That guy was weird. <laughs> uh, Please don't do that, guys. Please. Hey, uh, give me a yes or no answer to this question from Ryan. Is Blake Swihart worth drafting in a two-catcher league? He might be. He might be. They're talking about him in, like, this super-duper utility role yeah. where catcher is among the positions he's playing. Uh, Alex Cora keeps comparing him to Marwin Gonzalez, like, and saying Marwin Gonzalez was the MVP of the Astros last year. This is going to be our Marwin Gonzalez. So uh, I think he'll have the at-bats to compete with other catchers, and there's some untapped potential there for sure. He's going to have to actually hit, though. He will. Because yep. he has not really done that for quite some time. But anyway, yeah. we're talking about the 20th through 24th catchers. So Done with uh, today's show. Thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. Good luck on your drafts. Monday Night Podcast League, Wednesday Night for the People League. Get excited. All right, everybody. Talk to you Monday.